to Minority Corner with an Eke and James, the, the Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins of podcasting. podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues, only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner. Ooh, oh, we coming. Ooh, we got the jazzy. We got the jazzy. We got Louis Armstrong in here singing it in. That was Louis Armstrong. <laughs> That's what I heard. I thought that was my um, like a eight. I don't know, like an 80s, Lady Gaga. Like, step by step, like one of those. Yes, Derby. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from singing old uh, sitcom Where show tunes. Where are we? <laughs> what are we doing on the show today? What do we got? I'm talking about some black feminists that you might have never heard of. Ooh, I, I can pretty much guarantee unless you are a historian. Uh, I'm not. Or I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a maester either. Mm, but you know what? I feel like some of these ladies deserve... Um, some cinematic recognition, and you guys can tell us yay or nay. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'm excited. Usually, when we say "get your pins out, Hollywood," we be correct. Like we, we be correct. We, we got, what are you talking about? We got the site. Um, I want to yes. talk about. I was going to talk about Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, but we're bumping that for next week because next week I will mm-hmm. be doing like a full on timeline of the Asian and Pacific Islander diasporic LGBT history. That's next week. I love that, but But, that's next week. What's this week? Yeah, jumped ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But that's this week. I want to talk about Malcolm X just had a birthday. And I feel like we never really get into the history of Malcolm X. Like I feel like people think that they know, but they don't know. And it's always good to relearn your history about amazing people. It's good to get a refresher, get a you refresh. know, just sharpen it up a little bit so you can truly know about these historic people, splash, you know, instead of just throwing names around. Exactly. Splash, splash. I was taking a bath and some knowledge. Okay. <laughs> and then we're also talking Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones happened. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. Ring the alarm. Told yeah, the bells. you might want to just skip to- the whole first corner yeah. if you did not watch Game of Thrones. Because we are not going to hold anything back. The bells are mm-hmm. ringing as in a warning, and we're about to burn the house down. Yeah. Ooh. See? I'm Look ready. Dra- Let's, I'm ready to dive in. Yes, get on your dragon and get into the episode. Hop on. Let's go. Cacao! <laughs> Was that a dragon? <laughs> Got a pacow, got a kapow. Gotcha, gotcha, oh, got a kapow. This is, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just a new little ditty I'm working on. It's, it's jazzy. It's very it's Fosse you, Verdon. Have you been watching well, that on FX? I have not, but it was, I was, it was more so Gem and the Holograms jazz inspired. So nothing having to do with jazz at all. Um, like a character no, like, named Jazz, the black character in... Actually, there is a character in Gem and the Holograms named Jazz, but she is the saxophone player on the misfit side. How did I she know? Comes in and, she comes in like later on, like season five, and is needs to like, get some new characters. No. Oh. Well, that's good. She talks good. like this, governor. I'm gonna get Jam. She's British? Four ducats for Jam. She's yeah. British and her <laughs> name is Jazz. A, and she plays a saxophone. Well, they were they were really doing some 80s. stretching. 80s. Yeah. You know what it was? What? Cocaine. 
Uh, exactly. Cocaine fueled yeah. a lot of the 80s, man. Well, there's a uh, documentary series on Netflix. Maybe mm-hmm. you've seen it. It's like something, I forget, my cousins told me about it. I forget which one, but it's like a lot of different, like, show. it shows you how they made stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they go into, like, how they made a bunch of the 80s cartoons, and they were like, we were doing a lot of coke. <laughs> and they were like, they just had to get shit, they had to get shit printed really fast. And yeah. a lot of it was just like, we gotta sell these toys. What kind of show would these toys be? Oh my like, god. Well, um the street sharks. Yeah, that's what they are. The sharks, but they're on the streets. <laughs> I believe <laughs> it. Because there's a lot of those weird hybrids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. teenage mutant ninja turtles. There's like yep. sharks with like knives. Yeah. Transformers. So it's I mean nuts. meanwhile, during commercial breaks, they're like, don't do drugs, kids, but drugs are fueling our cartoon fantasies. It's a give and take economy. Oh, yeah, a little bit of give, a little bit of take. Um, before, oh, my twi- titties are sweaty. Oh. Is, spring is like quickly evaporating it's and we're cu- getting into here. summer. It is cold well, in the Bay Area. It's humid as, it's humid as fuck over oh. here in Nueva York. It and, is um, freezing. It's raining here in California. Oh. Well, in full disclosure, listeners, if you hear sirens and the streets of new york that's my window because it's open usually when the summer hits i close it for y'all but this year i'm not doing it i'm well, then, not doing it this is going to be a noisy podcast because we already <laughs> got the baby in the background making noises See? and stuff so you, when you come you to know, minority corner you come for background noises yes i mean we are what we're four years in going about to go into a fifth year and we're just letting our hair down I we think love you, you added all. a year it's our going into our seventh year, seventh. and <laughs> we're just—I think we're wrapping up our fourth year. We started in 2015. Did we really? We did. That's coming Jesus. in June. 2015. I don't like how time has been going by so fast. I feel like my mind is still in the Obama administration. Like I refuse to admit that I've almost weathered four years of Trump. Yeah, it is bananas. It is bananas. And sometimes I think I was talking in a meeting and it was just like, she said something about like, oh, in 2021, I'm like, I was like, we'll have a new president then. And I was like, maybe. Maybe. Isn't that and scary? That's, weird. Isn't that's it? the yeah. scary part that we don't know. Like back yeah, when like, all. I was like, yeah, this is only going to be one term. And now I'm like, America's mm. dumb. It could be. It could. It, it could. And that's the thing too. It's like I'm not. I'm not having 2016 happen to me again. So it's like, again, I'm law of attraction. You know, speaking yeah, to the universe. I do it. But I'm also like have a little bit of a back parachute in my mind that like if it does go the other way, I won't be shocked. I, I know. Won't be I'm gonna be bummed as hell though. Bummed as fuck. Oh, fun fact. I was reading an article. I was reading an article from 2016. Yeah. I accidentally, I accidentally clicked into an old web browser on my oh, phone. Interesting. Yeah. It was a little time capsule on yeah. my phone. Oh, God. <laughs> and in fact, I thought it was a new article, but it was actually an old article that I had researched for this podcast. Oh, look at and it. It was talking about Breitbart News and Gamergate and did it lead to the election of Trump. Yeah. And yeah, I talked about that years ago. We were in Chicago, in fact, when I was talking about it. Well, that was that long ago we were in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, we did, we did a lot. God damn it. What has you, been happening with life? You ate a bratwurst that hurt your stomach. It hurt my stomach. Made me barf <laughs> in a bar. Oh, yes. I was the only person barfing in that bar that wasn't drunk. 
She was like, I'm sober. Blah. <laughs> but the article reminded me of uh, that only 19% of the country voted for Trump. 19% of Americans in this country. Oh, that doesn't- because of the fucking electoral college. Right. Well, and also, like, people not necessarily, not everybody voting. And also, like, the article does say, like, not everybody's, like, eligible to vote as right, well. Because right. some of them are babies and some of them are have gone to prison. But young uh-huh. people are still affected by these laws and these things. So... Yeah, I just think it's an interesting fact that like sometimes we feel yeah. like it's half the country, but, but it's, it's not. really not. It is still like a, a small portion, no. you know, uh, of the country. Um, well then, let's loud. start dragging out our good old friend. Go vote. Let's start oh. saying that now. Let's bring out. Fuck. Let's, I thought you were gonna say bring out our dragon. I was like, yeah, let's ride our dragon. No, dragons our are dragon done. Voting. No, they're not. There's still one dragon left. Dun, 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 dun. Shall we? Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Who survived? I'm very surprised. Okay. um, Oops, spoiler alert. There it is. Sorry. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Full disclosure. um, We're we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. And it's going to be Spoiler Town USA. It's going to be as spoilery as Westeros Burnt on Fire. Which is kind of funny because I think on our promo, we talk about pop, we say we talk about pop culture, but no spoilers. And then our first episode where people are going to be coming over here, we're like, spoilers! Hey, hey, did you see what happened? Yeah, you know, we've, because we haven't talked about all seasons. I feel like we've been really good. So I will say this, um, fast forward to about 18 minutes into the podcast. And, um, You think it's going to take that long? Well, I'm just giving us some buffer. I'm giving us some buffer just in case. And then you can always go backwards. You can always work yourself back. back in and we're like, and I can't believe Daenerys died. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even, we didn't even say we were going to get started. Sorry, counting down. Maybe that happened, maybe it didn't. It could be true, could not be true. Okay, now now we're going into it, right? Yeah, fast forward now. We're going in. Okay. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. We're in it now. I mean, we already were. Okay. Anyways, we. I did a spoiler. You did a spoiler. Now we're in spoiling. it. I know. Spoiler. <laughs> Your girl spoiled it on the View this morning. I saw that. I saw that. And I was uh, like, my, more reason for me I, to not like you. <laughs> I claps my hands, but also she didn't have a good point. Why were they talking about it if they weren't going to talk about it? You could talk about it without talking about it. You could talk I about think, it being a cultural phenomenon that everybody yes. watched and a thing ending. Which, and I will say, like, I feel like no matter how you feel about it, I also think like sticking an ending to a TV show is always really challenging and it's difficult. It's hard to do. Very hard to do. And I always say to take a step back and just like, I really enjoyed the ride. It was really Mm -hmm. fun to like get to watch this thing for 10 years. I found a gaggle of gays to watch it with every Sunday in this last season. It's just just sort of like a fun, fun. it's a fun experience. So it's like, remember everybody, it's just fantasy. Oh yeah. No, I'm not mad at anything, but I don't know. Everybody else gets all crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, People yeah. be getting crazy. There was a petition to try to change the series. It's That's like, stupid. Y'all, get the go, fuck go How about away. do a petition to get some of these politicians out of office? Yeah, that's, that's something to be for. angry about. You could be play angry at this. Like, I'm play yeah. angry at Game of Thrones. Like, I think it's stupid. The okay, ending. Conti- 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I hated Go that on. episode. That episode really? was so dumb. But I How mean, come? it's not as hate? bad as um, Dexter taking a jet ski into the ocean bad. Spoiler. Spoiler. I haven't <laughs> seen it. We've already, <laughs> we're in spoiler good. zone. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm spoiling we're everything. spoiler zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I just... Uh, everyone gets snapped in Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> the to. oldest spoiler in the world. <laughs> they don't even give a fuck in the commercials anymore. They're like, you haven't oh, seen it, like, deal with it. Too late. I know. Uh, okay, so, so you di- weren't happy. Were you because you wanted someone else on the throne? What was your... Um, I thought a lot of... It felt like to me... Mm-hmm. Like when you know when you listen to kids play acting things where they're like, and then I'm gonna do that, and then that person did that, and then I'm gonna blow this over, and then I'm gonna mm. burn that down. It felt like that. It didn't feel mm. as methodical and thought provoking. It felt like, and then this happened, and then this person did that. Like one, it felt rushed. I'm yes. fine. I'm cool with John killing Daenerys. Like, all yeah. right, cool, great. Yeah, had a feeling it was going to happen. I knew we were going that direction. Why did it happen so fast? And then yeah. she didn't even give a fight. It felt so lame. It was yeah. just like, bloom, there she goes, dead. And then we got to watch a dragon freak out for a minute. And then the dragon is supposed to have the wherewithal the, to burn down the Iron Throne. That dragon's an animal. The dragon is connected to its 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 mother. I was okay with that sort of that moment of yeah, burning no, down I mean, the you iron You could be throne. okay with it. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I thought it, I I really liked it. I thought I thought I liked the the symbology of like burning down this thing that they were all fighting for. I then would have loved it if there just would have been no throne at all. Um, but yeah. then they continued on of like, well, we have a new king. Yeah, that's why I felt very weird. And also the whole like John being um, a Targaryen made no difference. Mm-hmm. Well, he was able to walk past that dragon since he was a Targaryen. Yeah. That- uh, yep. That, yeah. That that happened. And I was thinking, like, I'm a huge person on, like, sort of prophecies and, like, why are certain... Th- why do- Don't give me a prophecy if it ain't gonna happen. Which is exactly uh, that ending. The ending, there are, like, all these prophecies we've been building up to. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck your well, prophecies. Some of the prophecies actually did... Ha- Cersei's prophecy did happen. With all a brick landed on her? All of... <laughs> You just made her seem like she's a cartoon character. I mean, that's the way it looked. In the previous episode, it looked like they were about to be under piles of bricks. It looked like four bricks were on them. Peter Dinklage comes walking up, tosses off four he's bricks, like, and there they are. Let me just dig out some of these. I was like, ooh, he's going to be digging for a while. I know, and, it took and just he's like right a few there. minutes for him to just like dig. Um, but she had, there was a prophecy that she that all of her children were going to die and that a prettier woman than her was going to take the throne, which is why she was always so threatened by prettier women. And mm-hmm. Daenerys did actually take the throne directly after her. So I was like, okay, at least like, that happened. Uh, uh, clean 15 hey, the minutes. the prophecy didn't say how long it was going to last. Long did enough to change her jackets. <laughs> also, why did anybody, She, you just become queen. If I just become queen mm-hmm. and I did it like by murdering a bunch of people and I know I live in a dangerous ass world, yeah. guards around me all the time. Yeah. Why weren't there any guards hanging around her? She just got any her moment? fucking dragon sitting out there and she's like she prancing around being like, <laughs> Yay, me with this throne. Like, and also, why did it start snowing? 
Yeah, because winter was coming. And in fact, well, winter had started coming in Westeros at the end of last season, but then they forgot about that. And then, and now it started coming in. But it does actually go to like Daenerys had a dream at the end of, I think, season two or season three. Yeah. And where she's walking through the castle and it does start snowing. So I thought that was really interesting that it's like that moment. It's like her dream did come to fruition that she did end up uh, coming in there. And then she died. And that, well, the dream didn't tell her that part. I know, that would have been handy. Um, <laughs> also, this is what pissed me off. Okay. So the three-eyed raven. Yeah. What does it do? Can he, yeah, can the three-eyed <laughs> raven see in the future? Was that, that just one isn't clear. No, it's, it's the, it's the present and the past. So not the future. Not necessarily the future. I was going to say, if Bran knew all these people were going to die. Going to die. Yeah. Then that was really fucked up. Then he's a villain, dude. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one thing that I thought was really interesting because last week's episode, the week before the bells and mm-hmm. uh, Daenerys just starts lighting everything on yeah. fire. <laughs> and, you know, I watching that moment happen, like I definitely was like, oh, look, they won the war. And then I'm like, what's she got? Oh, she got, she got that look in her face. And she was like and working she it. Burnt it out. And it was sort of just like, ooh, you knew at that moment, like, well, they're mm-hmm. going to have to kill her. But yeah. I, you know, I was not even mad at her for burning no. up Westeros because no, you know I get what? It. Fuck King's Landing. All those people who live there are shitty. They're they shitty. go with whoever. They're shitty people. They're living the in a lap of luxury. They I get go it. with whatever shitty leader they get. Like they, I was like, you know what? Burn it down, revolution, let's go. Like, wow. I'm, te- I'm team unsolly. Dictator I'm te- Jones. No, not necessarily a dictator, because, well, I didn't know what her next plan was, but I just wasn't angry at her, because here's my thing. I think because Game of Thrones is such a lack of diversity as it is, uh-huh. and unfortunately Daenerys is as close to, like, again, no. like, it's sad that in 2019 that I have to, as a black man watching this, have to project, like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to have to, like, like try to see myself in the stories, or try oh, to, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And she's kind of like as close as we get to like some sort of uh, person who's championing people of color in the totally show. Totally disagree on that one. Oh, okay. Well, from my well, I'm gonna keep talking. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But we'll get there. Uh, but for me, it's like like and and so in West and King's Landing, it's a bunch of white people that live there. I just totally fine fine with it. Like like mm. I am definitely team Unsullied, who were you know enslaved. Yeah. I have been treated terribly. Totally. Let the Death Rocky do what they do. Do what uh, they do. I was, <laughs> even even after like they got into the beginning of the episode, I was like, I'm I'm not mad at her. She could keep ruling. I was still okay with her doing whatever she was gonna do. Mm, interesting. Didn't want her to die. I was happy for her to stay on that throne. She oh, you to, want her to stay on the throne? Oh, yeah, I didn't want John to kill her. Interesting. I always see her as a villain. I saw her as a villain story. I saw her basically to me. She's an allegory to white feminism, and that's why I am not surprised that Megan McCain was like super into her because to me she had this white savior complex where she would mm-hmm. go in save the brown people and then they're all bound to her i'm so sick of like i swear it happened like four times where like it'd be a, 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 a swath of brown people calling her mother and bowing down to her and of course that's gonna go to her head and she's gonna be egotistical about that and that really irritated me about her so i knew she was going to be burning down the house i wasn't sad because those people like you said were shitty people like 
and see how they treat a Cersei with that sh- the shame bell. <laughs> yeah. And that and they, dude. They, they're so quick to turn to people. They applauded when Ned Stark was beheaded. Like I these know. people have no loyalty. No they're loyalty. Burn I mean, them the all kids, down. I feel for the kids, but the adults, like, literally that guy who came in knocked Cersei off or that weird priest guy came in was like head of everything for five seconds and then next thing you know they're like showing their dicks at Cersei and throwing (laughs) poo at her granted she sucks but like they're so wishy-washy it's annoying to me yeah they're a sheep of people who just go with whatever shitty leader that they have and I'm like you know what y'all deserve a shitty leader and I'm okay if like yeah burn it down burn them down they gone start it over I also kind of thought it was funny where she's like I am the queen of this like burnt out gutted city it's like, <laughs> it's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah I do I totally hear what you're saying but it's like I still enjoy yeah. her as a character and mm-hmm. I and you know a lot of people are like ooh this came I I I don't feel like it came out of left field for her to become no. the mad no, queen no totally but, didn't up season one her brother gets a melted pot of like <laughs> gold on his head and she's like he wasn't a dragon next thank you next these fucking the family has sex with each other they're gonna be weirdos a little weird she was burning and killing people left and like as it got on she was killing people and like we were they were okay with it because it was mainly like bad bad mostly brown people that sometimes she was killing like what are you doing And people were okay with it until she turned on all those other white folks up in King's Landing. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you can't kill all these white people. Yeah. Dude, this is how I knew that she was going to be an ultimate villain. And so she's sitting there and her Melisandre dies, right? Which is sad. Mm-hmm. In yeah. comes Grey Worm. Melisandre. M- you know. Melisandre was the old lady with the necklace. I combined the, it because I, that's what <laughs> we do in Oakland. <laughs> Melisandre da da. Well, she dead, right? <laughs> Grey yeah, Worm comes in and here comes Daenerys being like, here's a present for you to remember her by. A fucking slave collar. No wherewithal to be like, maybe you don't want to see your ex-lovers who just got beheaded. A reminder that one, that she was a slave and two, the thing that connected her head to her body. Like, yeah. come on, lady. Also, it does make me, you bring up something that I've always thought about. Mm-hmm. Where's everybody's stuff? Like, you know, know. all those. those- <laughs> you know, I always thought that too. I'm like, where'd you get that jacket? I, like, Andrew got so mad at me because. <laughs> did you see how, like, when she was giving her speech, they had that big, giant Targaryen Banner? flag? Yeah. I was like, where'd that come that? from? Who, Who was made making that? that? Or like, even just the Dothraki, they're very far from their land. Where are and their packs? Where's their backpacks <laughs> and like little knapsacks and like all those like unsullied. Also, how are there so many of these people left? Like, I don't even understand. Okay, I get it. Um, but I'm with you. I am bummed that like the one prophecy of Arya with the shutting the brown eyes, the blue eyes and the green eyes didn't yeah, happen. I know. I thought she was going to maybe come out of nowhere and kill Daenerys. That's what I thought too. I thought she was going to maybe, I was like, what color are those dragon's eyes that she was gonna because look at the dragon who's gonna burn john yeah i mean i thought i feel like that's where i'm like all of these prophecies they're like eh, whatever who cares we'll move on and then like what was i gonna say oh yeah the same thing with the bags who's braiding that hair yeah like who like I, who are the other like i know there's other people or like who made that giant meal after they 
uh, won that giant war. Like, I just, exactly. like who, are the other, who are the people behind the scenes, you know, making all Give these me, things happen? Yeah. Get, I want to see a spinoff of the just craftsmen, like, people, craftsmen the of cra- Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think the one thing, though, I think I want to uh, co-sign something that you were saying earlier is mm-hmm. that how much of like this last two seasons when they were just were like, oh, we're off the books, mm-hmm. all seemed so rushed. Like, if you think about it, yeah. like, Arya Stark is a really good example of she was learning how to be an assassin for like two seasons. Yeah, for and then a when thousand you, years. And then when you, but then when you see her being a badass in all these different like fight scenes, it feels earned. Yes. You're like, oh, yeah, she was training for like two years, you know? Yeah. So it seems like there was like a season that was missing. Cause I think, I think I'm fine with like, you know, all these things that ended up happening, but it I think it just be earned. And that's one thing that I really credit Game of Thrones with. I, it's like the, it's like, it's like Downton Abbey. Nothing really happens in a single episode, but over the course of a season, you're like, huh, okay. Because exactly. each character gets like five or 10 minutes an episode. But right. You feel like, but then it's sort of, it pays off in the end and you feel like it was sort of worth it. And completely. It just seems like there could have been more moments. I, I really appreciated a quote that Amelia Clark had said that she would have really appreciated more moments that between like her and Cersei, just more of she's like the men get to have all these really great scenes with each other and a lot of times the men were discussing what like she didn't really get to have any agency of her own or get any moments to discuss her feelings and what she was going through I completely get it we got a whole scene of dudes talking about uh, brothels this last episode we didn't need that nope I don't need that. Oh, also Amelia Clark. Did you know that she suffered two brain aneurysms the first <sighs> the first two seasons of Game of Thrones? She almost died twice. Oh my god. Isn't um, that crazy? Another crazy fact is Elizabeth Olsen auditioned for that role and had a really terrible audition. See, I keep reading that article where they're like, <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen almost became Daenerys. And I'm she like, no, almost. she didn't. She auditioned. she auditioned like everybody else auditioned. She had a bad one. Oh That's my like God. me. I was almost in a Nike commercial. No, I wasn't. <laughs> AKA she auditioned. I, know. <laughs> um, I was almost on TV's looking. AKA I auditioned. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like bullshit, man. Oh, if you fast forward to minute 18, uh, we still talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, are we on minute 18 See? right now? Pastor, Look at you. You got the site. You're the three eyed raven, James. I am. Are you about um, to say some weird shit and then rule us all? Because apparently I- that's. How you become president of the land? I don't want to really rule, but I will if I have to. Um, I read I read a really interesting article that kind of summed down sort of the themes of Game of Thrones, which I thought really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, power corrupts. Mm -hmm. The the present learns learns from the past to create the future. Okay. And when faced with the darkness of winter, humanity will fight to see spring. Oh, I like that. So it's like Daenerys had all that power. It fucking corrupted the fuck out of her. It did. Uh, the three-eyed raven uh, is able to see the past. And he'll, because he remembers everything that's ever happened, hopefully there's be no more of these wars will ever happen again. I mean, fingers uh, because, crossed. Well, that's, a part of the problem is like why even us today, why we tend to repeat history is because we don't learn from it. We're not remembering it. <laughs> Isn't that, that like one of our mantras on this fucking podcast? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why we talk about it. Uh-huh. And then like, you know, death was literally coming for all these people and they were able to unite together, except for Cersei, which I thought was also really interesting that like, even mm. the death is the one thing that really unites us all and should ban us all together. Yeah. And yet you still have some yahoos like Cersei who are not going to be able to 
That's almost the thing that why I wish that she didn't say that she was afraid to die when she was about to be crushed by those three bricks um, was because she was at such a low moment. I felt yeah. all her children had died. She yep. had zombie man protecting her. She mm-hmm. like, you know, she was in such a deadly spot. Her not helping out with the, 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 <laughs> yeah. you know, the uh, zombie Kings. The, yeah. To me feels like she didn't give a fuck about death. And yeah. I would have liked it if she just like was crushed baller status you know, like she raised her arms. And she was like, take me, you know, because it, yeah. the way she was acting was like, even her just like staring at Jamie and being like, just looking at him, you know, just like, yeah. Just or like him, him being scared, being like, I don't want to die. And her being like, we're just going to die. She's like, here we go. Time to join my children. Right. Because she was at such a point where in her actions to me really proved that she didn't give a fuck about she if she lived or fuck. It didn't died. really seem like it did because the choices that she made, she could have surrendered a lot sooner. She was really just being like, fuck everybody. Fuck everything. <laughs> Which like, I she damn near burned it herself. Like she was just burning it herself. I love and a bad too- bitch with a glass of wine. I got to tell you. I actually like that there were these two badass bitches like mm-hmm. fighting each other. And like so, it's not very often you get to see like a female dictator. And I actually was yeah. like, okay, I'm okay with like you know seeing this part of equality is showing I'm women into can it, be terrible you know? too. And I fucking love oh. Le- Lena Headley or whatever. She acted the shit out of right. that role. I thought you know everybody was just it was a really that's the one thing about Game of Thrones. The it just everybody was so good. Like I would say not a wink, link. Uh, even Ed Sheridan yeah. uh, pulled it. Peter Dinklage. I feel like he started really? phoning that shit in. Everyone's talking about Emmy buzz for him already. He phoned that in, I feel like. Okay. I mean, Um, he won't be a guest on the show. I'm sorry, Peter Dinklage, but... Well, actually, I had him book as a surprise for our (laughs) five-year anniversary. Really quick, I know we're probably so over, but if you ever get to... Don't go down the hole of uh, Game of Thrones wiki, because it's bananas george rr mm-hmm. R. martin has created oh, yeah. he's a kooky banana pants a history of it's insane do I you know. know that in the books this is a spoiler for the book and i don't care but do <laughs> you know that do you know that catelyn stark yes. comes back from the dead and yeah. is called lady, lady stoneheart, stoneheart? Mm-hmm. and she's it's it that's crazy people are mad that they didn't include lady stoneheart in the they series really should have she apparently like the book one of the books ends on a cliffhanger where it looks like she's hanging brienne and uh no. her page and you don't know if whether if oh, they survive shit. or not but speaking she of Brianna Tarth got done dirty. Yeah, yeah. Just writing about Jamie in a book. Dear Diary, he was a very good man. He was not sleeping with his sister. He was protecting his queen. Mm -mm. She should have wrote nastiness. Oh, I know. Oh, and also, too, a really fun story, because they're doing all these prequels. I'm really hoping for one of the prequels to be, because there's like thousands of history that George R.R. R. Martin has created. He's like, done a lot. Man was living in this fantasy world. It still just, is. Like, People are waiting so for much. him to finish. But uh, there's the Dance of Dragons, which is like the civil war between the Targaryens. Mm. And it's uh, one of the Targaryen queens and the Targaryen kings fighting over uh, the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, fun. And everybody's on dragons. Yeah! Like, that's tight. I want to see that, right? Like, that's fucking tight. That. I Don't love you see that? that. I would love yeah. to see that. Um... Oh, shit. What was I going to say? I totally forget what I was going to say. Oh, speaking of Civil War. Yeah. Fucking the next thing coming up. Still green light from the the um, runners. 
See, they need to quit. They need to stop because I don't trust them with yeah. relations of black people. No, and also I don't think I trust them without any like clear source material as a map. Because they did that. Because they were. Ugh. The last two seasons were kind of like. Here's the thing: George R. R. Martin was like, "These are the key points, and these are the things that are going to happen." Right. But they got to choose their own adventure of how they got there. Exactly. And what a Mr. Toad's wild ride of just like. <laughs> not too consistent it then became fan fiction of like it just didn't seem like the tone was the same as you what said it correct fan before. fiction it was total yeah. fan fiction the ending was fan fiction that's what it felt like it felt cheap it felt right. like and you could tell which characters they really favored and they wanted to just sort of shoehorn in there and that was, there's characters who yeah. should have been dead long time ago yes it was the kirkland brand of game <laughs> and thrones <laughs> brought to you by kirkland <laughs> Well, I want to get on my dragon and uh, go over to your corner. Yeah, let's do it. We're about to be talking about some feminist Dracarys. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Just Get a it. voice in Get James' it. head right now. The visuals have run out. out. Okay, so for my corner, I am talking. I found this article in Ms. Magazine. Ooh, hey, Ms. Hey, Did Ms. you know that Ms. Magazine has a tagline called More Than a Magazine, a Movement? Ooh, that's a good tagline. Is that good? That is a good one. And Ms. Magazine's been around for a good while. Hell long. Yeah. So is this article. This article is very old. <laughs> Vintage. But strangely, so we record on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And what's today? The 20th? Sure. Yeah. This article is written on February. Oh, wait. It's not February. Never mind. Okay. You, she was going to make I'm a connection. I'm a new mom. I'm in a vortex. You, you, anyway. You can make it whatever day you want. It's mom day. <laughs> God, I'm a mess. Anyways, this article is old. This okay. article is hella old, but it doesn't matter because the content is good. Is it Game it of was, Thrones old? Uh, yes, <laughs> it's from 2014. So, yes. Okay, fair it's enough. Fair. Game of Thrones is still happening. Um, it's written by Anita Little, and it's called "How Many of These Early Black Feminists Do You Know?" <gasps> Ooh. So I'm just going to give you guys a little rundown of people that you might not have heard. Okay. We all know about the Harriets and the I Sojourners. Did, if I do know them, can I buzz in? Of course. Okay. Um, but these are people that you might not have heard of. And, you know, listen, I know that Hollywood is listening, right, James? That's how they got their idea for Hidden Figures was listen to our podcast. Yeah. Hello. We talked about Come it get first. some ideas. Yep. Come get some ideas, get, guys. Get your pen, get your paper, get your earbuds, and get to writing. Take some notes. Okay. 
So the first one that I have here, her name is Anna Julia Cooper. She lived from 1858 um, to 1964. Mm. And one of the most prominent black scholars in American history, Cooper was the fourth African-American woman to earn a PhD when she graduated from the University of Paris, Sorbonne in 1924. She was born into slavery in Rawling, North Carolina, which is interesting because when was slavery abolished? I thought it was like 1864. Ah, yes. So she was born into slavery. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she was born into slavery in Rawling, North Carolina. Cooper used both her living experience with racism and her scholastic ability to pen her first book in 1892. Um, It was called A Voice from the South by a Woman from the South. The book in which Cooper argued for the self-determination of black women is considered the first volume of black feminist thought in the U.S. So Anna Julia Cooper. That's somebody. 1865. I was wrong. Oh, 1865? Yep. So she wasn't, I mean, she was born in 1858. Oh, yeah. So she was born into slavery. She was still a little baby, but she was born into slavery. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to be the fir- the fourth woman, fourth black woman to get a PhD, yeah, that's that's I pretty mean, good. And like, talk about no, the system is not designed for you. Like, right? It was designed exactly. to, not only was it not designed for you, it was designed against you. Yeah, to like prevent you from doing shit. You weren't supposed to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay, so the next one we have Amy Jacquees Garver. So, um, Garver, the second wife, so she's the second wife of Marcus Garvey. Oh! Um, yeah, Garvey, I should say. Whoops. Yeah. Amy Garvey. Um, was a daunting intellectual, was social activist, and a social activist in her own right. A gifted journalist. She worked as a columnist for the Negro World in Harlem and often discussed the intersectionality of race, gender, and class as it pertained to black women. Hello! Yeah. All the way back in... Th- Time when people weren't even thinking about that. Yep. Amy she, Garvey she was, was talking about this shit. Already talking about intersectionality. Um, she once wrote in an essay, the black men will, will more readily sing the praises of white women than their own. Yet who is more deserving of admiration than the black woman? She who has borne the rigors of slavery, the deprivations consequence on the pauperized race and the indignities heaped upon a weak and defenseless people. Yet she has suffered all with fortitude and stands ever ready to help in the coward march to freedom and power. Mm. She sounds like a fucking Preach fireball. It. Yeah. Oh my God. She'd be running for Congress if she was born for today. Exactly. So that's somebody. We never hear about her. We always hear about Marcus Garvey, but we never hear about Amy Garvey. See, always pushing the ladies off to the shadows. And she was a fucking journalist. Like, how cool would that? I would love to to see a movie about a black woman journalist yeah. in Harlem yeah. during like the heyday. Yep. Okay, moving on. I'm getting upset. No, um, that's, you are more than welcome to. You get let them burn it down, Jakaris. That's my new thing. Jakaris. I'm just gonna start when I want to burn everything down. I'm just gonna be like Jakaris. Exactly. Done. Burn that shit down. Burn it down. <laughs> these are women who were feminists before the term feminist before was, was even, even there. around. They, these are women that were that were suffragists <gasps> and feminists when white women were making them fucking march in the back of the suffragist 
you know, parade this that everybody talks about. Actually, reminds me of an article that I was going to talk that I, in a few weeks I was going to be doing that I got off of. Um, Mm. What uh, what's her name? Two Dope Queens and uh, not Jessica Williams. Phoebe Robinson. Oh, Phoebe Phoebe so Robinson. I'm listening to her book right now. Um, mm-hmm. Everything's trash, but it's okay. Which is such a good yeah. book. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah. she talks about when she did a, hosted a panel that had Gloria Steinem on it, and Gloria Steinem mm. was talking about the first feminists the four women that started the first like feminist women who <clears throat> would be classified as feminists were these four oh no these four women that had the first uh sexual harassment charges and were leading the ah. charge on that were four black women mm-hmm. um ah, and, yes and which was like really helping to pave the way for like the first sort of feminist movement so um <sighs> just black women we'll put the put fall, a, oh, we'll man. put a pin on things to come down the down the episodes to come but you just reminded me i, I, I want to talk about that in a few weeks yeah i would love it i can't wait to hear about it and speaking of full circle, Gloria Steinem, one of the founders of Ms. Magazine. Oh, see, look, all coming back to me, just like Celine mm-hmm. Dion. Um, okay, so Mary Church Terrell, she was born in 1863 and died in 1954. Um, she was an activist for civil rights and suffrage. Terrell was one of the first African-American women to earn a college degree when she Ooh. graduated from Oberlin College in wow. 1884. A close acquaintance of frederick douglas and booker t washington um, we hear about freaking uh, frederick douglas amazing. and booker t all the Look goddamn at all time these badass people like hanging out with each other getting shit done i know all supporting uh, slavery but made like there should be like a tv i imagine like a tv show with all of them just like yeah that'd be doing tight. Shit. wouldn't it be but like a little bit of drama oh, love a little it. bit of sexy yeah, of course. drama you gotta, you gotta i mean you gotta, gotta, gotta shonda rhymes it up you <laughs> yes, gotta add a that's little exactly what i'm thinking like a shonda, shonda as like like, a Shonda show. Like reconstruction black folks who are like excelling at life. Yeah. Okay. So um, Mary Church Terrell, she um, basically she championed racial equality. Mm. Um, she became a well-known activist in Washington, Washington, D.C., a writer, the first president of the National Association of Colored Women. Well, okay. Many of her works, including a plea for the white South by a colored woman and a colored woman in a white world, focused on the status of black women in society. Terrell was also a founding member of the NAACP Mm -hmm. and helped organize the black sorority Delta Sigma Theta. This is amazing. How right? Come, how come I've not Move heard about shaker. any of these women? This is I am I haven't buzzed in once yet, Aneke, because I have not heard exactly. of any of these women. You weren't you weren't mm-hmm. kidding. Yeah, I'm also skipping people that oh, you would have known too. Know. So. Okay. That all of us know. Like Sojourner Truth, we know mm-hmm. who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't know who Sojourner Truth Google is, her. look her up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> She's <laughs> Yeah. I like how you said Google her with the with the heat of Dracaris. Oh, see, it's in my blood now. I'm about burning shit down. It's good. Okay. Harriet Ann Jacobs was born in eighteen thirteen, died in eighteen. 18- 97. Now let's just remember slavery ended in 1860 and she was born in 1813. Mm. So Harriet Ann Jacobs fled slavery in North Carolina to become an abolitionist and a social reformer, published a single work, Incidents in the Lives of a Slave Girl. The 1961 book was one of the first and few autobiographies that documented the physical abuse and sexual exploitation (gasps) enslaved women suffered. Until she finally escaped to the North, Jacobs endured constant threats from her slave masters to sell her two children if she didn't accept his sexual advances. Mm. 
after the Civil War. Well, let me put a pin in there right there. Yeah, Remember yeah. when we talked about the Ancestry.com commercial and also the U-Haul yes. that you... Yeah. Um, so when people question why it's annoying for us to see slave marketing mm-hmm. is because I can casually say that Harriet Ann Jacobs talked about how she endured constant threats from her slave master to sell her two children if she didn't accept his sexual advances. That's why we don't want to see that content on our day to day because it is how our ancestors were terrorized right. on a day to day from the mor- moment they were born to the moment that they died. Yeah. And we don't want to so, see it romanticized either because that's exactly. not the case. That's just not the story. No. 99% of the time it, it was rape. Yep. Yeah. And even if it wasn't, there's still a weird power dynamic that's happening. Yes, exactly. Um, so thank you, Harriet Jacobs, for documenting this in a book. And so she wrote, see, everyone talks about like Frederick Douglass's book, but she also had a book. And again, it's going to be a different perspective because it's going to be the female perspective, which is going to have other stories like, you know, rape that's in there too, which we need to hear these stories. We got to hear these stories. Um, so after the civil war, she devoted her life to fostering a community among newly freed slaves, organizing the buildings of schools, hospitals, and homes. Okay. Like, we need that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. These are interesting, right? Yeah, I'm loving these. Okay, so we have Maria W. Stewart. So Stewart was born in 1803 and died in 1880. Mm. So um, Stewart began as an indentured servant and then later became an abolitionist and a women's rights activist. She was the first African-American woman on record record to lecture publicly on women's rights and her speeches often preach african-american exceptionalism and autonomy of black women which is good because remember we were thought of as subhuman um stewart published pieces in the liberator the prominent newspaper of white abolitionist william lloyd garrison and was also active in supporting fregless douglas's newspaper the north star though she never wrote for it so she's a supporting character Mm. let's see who else do we have you're kind of making me think like there's a lot of these women who are just doing like early feminist movements and it's like if you think about it, it's in the same way that these like women have to you know yes there's nothing sitting comfortable about them there's no one who's protecting them they don't have any rights they're at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel so it's the same thing like with you know like when you have a stonewall was led by trans women of color because they had to fight back there was no safety for them and so for these black women like of course the early movements of the feminist movement were led by black women because they had to so they could survive yes exactly thank you speaking of which this woman i i love this story this story is great you ready yeah give it to me and this is i feel like this needs to be a movie mary ellen pleasant already a name that sounds great already amazing she was born and is questionable. There's a question mark here, but around 1814, okay. and she died um, 1904. Damn, she so was she lived for a long, long time. You know, I also noticed like a lot of them <laughs> were living for a long time. What was their secret? Pain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we're. I mean, I'm taking all these vitamins and doing all these yeah. stretches, and they just were living and living in some okay, harsh yeah. as crazy conditions. 
Exactly. Okay, ready for this fucking story? Okay. I love this. Mary Ellen Pleasant. All right. So after she became a moneyed entrepreneur, which okay. already, that's All a story. Right. She's starting it off. Okay. Act okay. one. <laughs> Pleasant used her fortune to support the abolitionist movement. She yes. jumped from state to state, working on the Underground Railroad <sighs> and helping spread it to California during the gold rush. Damn. Out of jealous already. I didn't She's even, a rich ass black woman. I didn't even know the, Cal- she, the the railroad went all the way out here to California. Neither did I. <laughs> she kept that Today a secret. <laughs> is how old I am that I found that out. Learn, laugh, and play. Nobody ever said, "Hey, let's go run west." Yeah, let's always go run north. She was like, "Y'all, the north is where it's at. You can get some money." She's thinking business. She's an entrepreneur. She's like, yeah, "Go can, get yourself some gold, people. Get yourself some can gold." You, can you even imagine this story of this black rich woman going state to state, create like working on the underground railroads, c- cutting deals, going all the way to California, gold rush town? Yeah, I'm imagining Sana Lothan playing that part, actually. I'm into it. So (laughs) out of jealousy and anger at the wealth and influence of a black woman, locals often smeared her, calling her a voodoo priestess and a mammy. How could she possibly have all this money? She's a witch. I know. I know. After she was kicked out of a streetcar in San Francisco, cinematic, along with several other black women in 1866, she filed and won a lawsuit (sighs) that required desegregation of the city's public transportation. Amazing on so many levels. One, showing the racism of California as well. Never forget. Exactly. And two, Mm -hmm. like, she's, what didn't she do? This is action packed everything. She is also a court drama. There's an action adventure because she's also doing the Underground Railroad business and also just like Wolf of Wall Street business style style stuff. Empire. Um, Fucking had her Rosa Parks moment a hundred years before Rosa Parks. Yes. Oh, so good. I love it. Yes, Mary Ellen Pleasant. Mary Ellen Pleasant. Fuck yeah, lady. And the movie be called Pleasant Indeed. Ooh. (laughs) I'm into that. Okay, here's the last one. Stop it. (laughs) She needs an Oscar. Oh, you know who else is going to be in it, vehicle. though? Gabrielle who? Union's going to play, like, her best friend. I mean, we got to have the, the several other black women were kicked we off of the streetcar in San Francisco. We got a lot of ladies to cast to step on up, actresses. I know. Okay, so here's my last one. Okay. We're, we're going up a little bit in time. Oh, okay. So we have Florence Kennedy was born in 1916 and died in 2000. Once Whoa, again, recent. Like, <laughs> Once again, living how forever, forever, and through crazy <laughs> times. Like you know, like I know. Okay, okay, ready. And this is this is very um, apropos to now. Okay. Okay, so she's a feminist and a civil rights advocate. Kennedy was known for her flamboyant and attention-grabbing activism in the 60s and 70s. Among her other protests, she led a mass public urination at Harvard in response to the lack of female restrooms and filed tax evasion charges against the Catholic Church because she felt that their campaign against reproductive rights violated the separation (sighs) of church and state. Wow, there it is. Sounds familiar. I just want you to to just sit on a minute that she led a mass a public pee-in. urination. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, now we know what we need to do. It worked. All right, everybody. Head this over fucking... to the courthouse and pee. 50, 
year old, 50 to 60 year old woman <laughs> getting a bunch of people to pee in at Harvard. <laughs> and it worked. Uh, and then filed tax evasion charges against also, the Catholic like, Church. What I love is it's like the double whammy. It's like the actual physical activism and then also like hitting them in the coin purse, you know, using the yes, law. So it's exactly. like a boom, boom, one, two punch. I love it. Okay, she's not, she's not done either. Oh. Kennedy also helped build alliances between white feminists and black power activists by working with organizations like Now and the Black Panthers. She's often credited with coining the phrase, if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. Mm, yep. I thought right? I would end with that. She because... right. It's full circle to now. And mm-hmm. what I like too is that what I was reminded of, especially like how long these women left lived and what mm-hmm. they had to endure. It's like, you know, th- and they pushed through and it's sort of the thing of like, you know, like I, I just like, they were very, they, they, I don't know. Like we, I think we should all be so inspired by them. Like they yes. had tough times. They were stressed out. There wasn't easy for them, but they pushed through. And I think it's just exactly. a great reminder for us to push through as well. That people want to. Oh, everything's so terrible. Da, da, da. Well, we've got air conditioning and an iPhone. It's not. You know, <laughs> we're, we don't have to wear full on wool dresses. Yeah, totally. And in like muddy ass streets. Right. Yeah. And so and conditions were. Ten times worse, and 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 this the the country was actually ten times worse as it was then as well. And so I think it's just such a great reminder of be inspired that it's like again our turn to pick up the reins and push this shit further. Amen to that. Get these, get these ladies some movies, please. Come on, that's the least that they deserve. Draconis. <laughs> Let's go to your corner. If you're looking for a new comedy podcast, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network? It won Best Comedy at the British Podcast Awards in 2017 and 2018. Also, I There were no horses in this country until the, the mid to late 60s. Specialist bovine arse vet. Both of his eyes are squid's eyes. Yogurt buffet. She was married to a bacon farmer who saved her life. Farm-raised snow leopard. True. Download it today. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast from MaximumFun.org. Also, maybe start at episode one, or weirdly, episode 36, which for some reason requires no knowledge of the rest of the show. Happy birthday to ya. Uh-huh. Happy birthday to ya. Whose birthday? Happy birthday, Malcolm X. Oh, happy birthday, Malcolm X. His birthday was on May 19th. Now, I know I said last week that we were going to do, a, I was going to do a corner about Asian Pacific uh, Heritage Month. Month. Yeah. Uh huh. But it was Malcolm X's birthday and I want to celebrate him. So and it's our next podcast, week, not yours. <laughs> and next week I'll be bringing it to you. But actually in Harlem, the mm-hmm. city, the 125th Street, everything shuts down. All the stores, everything oh, wow. shuts down from 1 to 4 p.m. for Malcolm X's birthday. Cool. I had no idea. I don't, yeah, I found out the hard way a few years oh, ago trying you to go to the gym. <laughs> I was trying to go to the gym. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you know what? But I can't be mad. Thank you, Malcolm X. Yeah, it's one of those did. things where you're like, hey, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, you know what? Yeah. I also, but it's also just from one to four. So it's just a minor inconvenience. That's not bad. Yeah. So 
he was born Malcolm Little in Omaha, Nebraska to Earl and Louise mm. on May 19th, 1925. Okay. And his dad was a Baptist preacher who considered himself a student of the Pan-African philosophies of Marcus Garvey. Ooh, a little little Look seed that. connection. Connection. Um and and so uh yes, and so his dad um was apparently a member of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, and that put the family at risk. Mm. Um so much in fact that his dad actually clashed with white supremacists. Oh wow. And his dad, it's rumored that his dad like committed suicide, but Malcolm X and most people are like, no, he was killed by those white people. Mm-mm. And it drove his mother crazy. And oh, she shit. actually ends um she actually ended up uh she was pregnant and she's placed in a mental uh hospital. Oh she suffered God. many breakdowns. So wow. then him and his siblings were shuffled around to various foster homes. Oh wow. He was a junior school dropout, even though he was hollow smart. But you know what? School's not for everybody. And I'm sure the school systems back then were just really, really shitty. Especially I mean, if you were young and, young and black. Exactly. Let's think about that. Still kind of are for uh, some of our young black folks. So. Still is. Yep. So he was like, fuck this shit. And he went to Boston at the age of 14 to live with his half-sister. He mm. worked a bunch of different jobs. And he made his way back to Michigan, back to New York in 1943, where he became entrenched in the local crime scene in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> he was in it. And he was engaged in a variety of crimes, including selling drugs and robbery. And... um Malcolm, he became really good friends with Red Fox, comedian Red, black comedian Red, Red Fox. Wasn't his nickname Red too at the time? Because he oh, had red maybe. hair. Oh, maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think mm-hmm. I remember that from Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Good movie. Um, so good. And in fact, I was going to save it at the end, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go watch it. See why Denzel Washington should have been had his Oscar. Thank but I digress. you. Draconis of the Oscars. And in 1946, <laughs> <laughs> in 1946, Malcolm X was arrested and had a 10, eight to 10 year prison sentence. And it would turn out to be the best thing in the world for him. Because right. this is like 1946, back when prisons actually were kind of still doing reform. It wasn't the industrial prison complex that it is now today. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he there he met fellow inmate John Bembry, who introduced him to books. Oh. Which he was like, okay. I'm like, I like these things. This is good. Look at all this information I'm learning. I'm growing. He was living his best life. So he got his schooling then. He did in his own ways. You Mm -hmm. know, he went to the school of hard knocks, but he figured it out. Mm hmm. And then in the prison, his siblings were telling him all about NOI, which is the uh, bubbling new hit group known as the National National Nation of Islam. Mm. National, yeah, Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. And. They preached like a black pride and it, that, which was not unfamiliar to him. And he had kind of largely shunned this mm. sort of black pride sort of ideas. Um, but they were approaching it in a way that the NOI's teaching could liberate him. Ah. And he was like, oh, okay, I like this liberation stuff you're talking about. Yeah. You, you jab, Turkey. <laughs> you're getting into the piece, the period piece oh. of the time. <laughs> I'm trying to take us back there. Yeah. <laughs> so he started writing while in prison to the NOI leader, Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And it was in that time that Malcolm Little then chose Malcolm X. And a lot of people in that time would choose uh, surnames like X. Um, many black Muslims did to signify the eradication of their slave name. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or family last name. So mm-hmm. he was like, all right, boom, X, this is me. 
DMX gonna give it to you. Um, I don't know if DMX did that, but so you don't think that's what he was doing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! Also, it's a prison. Um, Is he still in prison right now? Someone tweet at us. Let us let us know. DMX, let us know if you out. Um, So then, free from prison, he was on parole and he went to go meet Muhammad. This is in 1952, and uh, the mission of NOI was to influence, uh, was to expand their influence on their black folks, let them know what they were. Ah. And they were like, "Malcolm, you young, can you help us like reach the cool and hit people?" And Ah. he was like, "Okay, I got you." So then. Oh he was like <laughs> James explains history. So yeah, he was like he went to the uh, he became uh, the minister at the Roots Temple Number One in Detroit okay. before heading to t- Temple Number Eleven in Boston. Uh, that number. And then- the emphasis doesn't work as well. <laughs> no, but, you not know. as well. But then he was famously at Harlem's Temple Number no. 7. It's still kind of weird, but all right. It still doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> he started at number one and just went. Yeah, it just yeah. went sporadic. <laughs> uh, he became a very controversial figure, as we know. Yes. And uh, the NOI was radical at the time because they were blasting putting white supremacy on blast. Good. Because racism was everywhere because Duh. it was 1950. Hella. Not cute. Was not a cute time, y'all. Make America Stop Great Bant. Again has never existed. Because America been. has right. always sucked. It's always been. Stop fantasizing about 1950s. It's not cute. Not cute. Not fun. Racist. Gross. <laughs> yes. You're nasty. Oh. You're nasty, you're racist, get out of here. <laughs> but Malcolm X, so here's the thing, he was fearless, he mm. was articulate, okay. and had quite the wit, which made him dope as fuck. Which also, white, made white folks nervous. And let's let's just let's just say what it is. He's cute and yes, fine as he, hell. Yes, he was good, very fine attractive. as hell. Like, you know, and him, like, Denzel Washington's also fine as hell, but I think Malcolm X is even cuter than him. He was hot. Point. Two good looking black men. Two good looking black men. And great casting by the by. Excellent. Yes. Um, so Malcolm X was challenging power structures. He just yeah. had such a confidence and this fiery rhetoric that was just about black revolution and becoming a galvanizing force in black America. So yeah. like I said, all that melting pot and he was fine as hell had white folks nervous. Yeah. So the FBI was worried about him, and Ugh. so they started to do what they do best at that time. They'd be peeping. They were peeping at him, him and his family. They were spying on him and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time, he by 1958, he married Betty Shabazz. Uh, Betty Shabazz, and they went on to have six daughters. Jesus and, Christ. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> that case just flashbacks. Uh, she's got one daughter, uh, and it's more than she's good. She's solid. <laughs> six. So Betty had six. That's like and, being uh, pregnant seven years. Mm, yeah, at least at least a decade of being pregnant. Lord have mercy. So, his teachings made him a hero among the blacks and an enemy among the whites. Uh-huh. And his pro-black agenda was then put him at, wit, at odds uh, with the NOI because. Yeah. Sometimes, like, he would say things, like, about, like, when John F. Kennedy was killed, uh, Malcolm had mentioned that he had speculated that the government sponsored killings, and this contrasted with the NOI. So he started, but where was, I mean, I mean, he, doing some things. hey, when you look back on it, 
they're like, you know what? He had his points. Mm-hmm. And the NOI started like infiltrating. No, the FBI. Sorry, I got my acronyms confused. That's the okay. FBI yeah. started infiltrating the NOI, started putting their little spies in See? there. See? Shit be yep. happening. And yet, and then they started creating tensions amongst the group. And then mm. Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad started to have some tension amongst themselves. Mm. Some are like, oh, is it because maybe he was eclipsing Maha- oh, Elijah Muhammad? Shit. Some ego balance. might have been there. Power balance. Also, Muhammad was doing some gross-ass things because it was rumored that he was carrying on having extramarital affairs oh. with some of the young women. God and Malcolm was like, not about that. So oh, shit. He left the NOI in 1964, and he founded the Organization of Afro-American Unity. Right. And so he was just expanding social and political circles by working with a wider group of pan-African advocates and civil rights leaders. He then met with Martin Luther King Jr. Right. At the Senate hearing for impending civil rights bills. Like, what a fascinating time. You know, I know. You know, this Senate, is just like the meeting like the of the minds. The Senate hearings that we have, it's like Facebook, but this is like MLK Jr., Malcolm X coming together to talk about civil rights in front of a bunch of old white men. Um, (laughs) It was bananas. I know. And so, but then Malcolm X then became uh, eventually converted to Orthodox Islam and where he then went off to Mecca, went to a pilgrimage to Mecca, went to Mm. Saudi Arabia. And just, this is just a few months after he left the NOI. And this changed him. It brought him into a whole new worldview. Wow. And he saw Muslims of all different races worshipping in the same spaces. And then he became Al-Haj Malik Al-Shabazz and he ah. returned to America with a new sense of purpose. Oh, wow. And he then was traveling around the world, meeting with African leaders who wanted yeah. him to, be, they wanted him to serve in their like governments. He was wow. doing some speaking engagements. Like, he just had just really kind of evolved. And It's a growth of character. It's really fascinating. It's such a fascinating story and just like where he was going the direction yeah. that he was going like can it you was imagine less, I mean he really was on this new sort of pilgrimage and was more so unification and I feel like the rhetoric and the fire it made sense at the time and I'm glad that we had it because I think you need movements yeah. having energy from all different angles but it's so interesting like you were saying where he had evolved to mm-hmm. oof who would have known? I mean, what he was saying was necessary at the time that yes. he said it. Because you got to yeah. rattle the cage. You can't just be placating yep. everything. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people put him and Martin Luther King on two separate sides of the civil rights movement. But people forget that Martin Luther King was seen as a terrorist, too. So yeah. they were of the same coin. And in fact, Mal- I would say Martin Luther King Jr. started to sound more like Malcolm X. And Malcolm X, as they as their yeah, life started to be a little bit more sharing. like Dr. King. Yes, they I were like sort of shifting yes. and kind of balancing out in the end. Um, and then, you know, Louis Farrakhan, so then he came back and he, people was a big threat to a lot of folks. Louis Farrakhan reportedly asked for former ally for his head. Oh, Jesus. Um, even wrote... And the NOI's newspaper, Mohammed speaks that Al Shabazz deserved death. And then, oh God. also by this time, the FBI had fully integrated itself within the NOI and had several informants. So just hot mess. And he yeah. died on Feb- was killed at the um, organization of Afro Afri- Afro American Unity at Manhattan's Audubon Ballroom, which I live really close nearby. Oh, you actually. do? Oh, interesting. Yeah, on um, February twenty first, nineteen sixty five. Was it was by a member times. of the National Nation of Islam who shot I him? I believe yes. It was the gunman was the NOI member Tal Hair 
and two other accomplices, Norman 3X Butler and, and Thomas 15X ja- Johnson. So mm. it's sad that like within the own, our own community that this happened, yeah. but also sparked by the FBI wasn't helping stirring the pot. Yeah, that's why I wanted to point there. it out because you were saying the infiltration was there. So who knows what was being said? And already the leadership was being crazy. It's like what yeah. you said before when we were talking about Game of Thrones, power mm. corrupts. Power does corrupt. And that's sometimes unfortunate with a lot of these movements. And, it, and I think that's a good example of bringing it back to Game of Thrones I think is a good example in Daenerys's mind she thought she was doing all she this was right. great stuff yeah. and that she was right and even you can even look at it to like I'm sure a lot of like you know neo um, white colonialists thought they were doing all these great and right things but you gotta check it that power yeah. fucking you know corrupts and sometimes it's time to let things go like in leadership like even in our current government there's certain senators that it's your time to step aside time to and pass the torch time to pass the torch and if you've done a great job you know when to lead and know when to step aside and to be able to let the future keep on going you gotta know when to hold them you know when and to show you know them when to... oh it's gonna say fold them but oh, okay is it fold them i don't know the words just, yeah but you were so close <laughs> know when to hold them and know when to show them too you're right is it you're right no one to fold no them? i well, I'm just saying you, you either works. Like I, I'm like, you know what? You yeah. right, girl. Sometimes you got to show it. Thank like, you. Show You're your supporting tatas. me. You're supporting or me. You, or show your pee, you know? <laughs> do what you got to do. And then you know what you do at the very end? Them. What? You know what you do? What do you do? Light it on fire and just say, Dracarys! <laughs> and you're done. Good. Well, uh, you know what? What a walk down memory line. You know what? We were the, we, we were the three eyed raven today. And we weren't saying nonsense <laughs> sitting in a chair in the corner either. Does that mean that you and I get to be the queens? Give us the fucking kingdom. Give us the seven kingdoms. You know what? Six, remember? Okay. Okay. Spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry, Spoiler. guys. Well, now we're sorry. Now we're so- Oh, wait, they're <laughs> back. <laughs> and you know what? I will Ooh, sit, so I will sit on that throne. And I, will, I will not be afraid to light a bitch up. I won't. I will not be afraid. I'll light it on fire. Okay, well then you're the fire on the ooh. ice because I'm not about oh. down for so you about to you about to be my queen slayer. You're gonna slay me. No, I'll just cool you down. Okay. I'll be your I'll be your hand where I'm like, maybe don't do it this time. See, and that's what Daenerys needed. She needed people around her always telling her don't burn those people because otherwise when they, yeah. when they weren't around, she was like, Tukas! she's like, burn them. <laughs> I think it's a good metaphor. Don't do life alone, y'all, because you'll be burning shit and people will be like, what the fuck I did like you do? That. You, you need to give that to Brene Brown. <laughs> Have her say that in her next book. Don't do it alone because you're going to burn it all down. Turn into a mad queen. <laughs> Huh. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, this action-packed episode of yes, Minority of Spoilers of, minority of History. Minority of Thrones, The Three-Eyed Raven. Okay, I like that. Yeah. He's phoning it in according to Aneke. It's the truth. If you don't agree with us or if you're mad at all the spoilers, you can tweet at us at Minority Corner. Get involved in the conversation. Let us know how you feel. You can also tell us how you feel in the Minority Corner Kids Playground on Facebook. You can commiserate with the other people who are mad at all the spoilers that we gave this episode. Yes. Uh, and you can also uh, email us. You can send us a private message.
message. Uh, yeah. Ask us anything. A PM, if you will. Yes. A PM. Um, don't slide into our DMs because I don't like that phrase. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, MinorityCorner at gmail.com. Yes. And let us know how you feel. Also, feel free to re- write a review. Our last review was February 9th. Oh, so, okay. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. But, you know, we appreciate all the people who have written us reviews. Um, we are a five-star rated show. Hell yeah. So if you write down. a review, it might get more people to listen and, you know, join the community that we already have of awesome listeners. More people need Game of Thrones spoiled for them and our insights and our hot takes. So, boom. Hot takes. Hot takes. Well, uh, also a big thanks to Brownout for the wonderful music. And as always, our wonderful editor, Woody, thank you for putting this thank all you. together. And yes. a big thank you to all of you. Thank you for listening to Minority Corner. Because together, we're, we're the, the majority. majority. Ooh, we did a good job. <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported